0: Blood podcast
1: courtesy of the Liverpool Echo. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome along. As the Premier League transfer window officially opens, we'll be getting the latest on the Reds' Sadio Sale stance, the transfer theory behind a move for Darwin, as well as which other players could be set for an Anfield exit this summer. To separate the week from the chaff, we have the Chief Ian Doyle, part-time flight simulator Sean Bradbury, and the we're all wonder Rich Garnett chaps. I do hope you're all well. And uh, Doyley, I'll throw over to you first and well I suppose this week say the, the transfer window officially opens today. We know ever since the final ball was kicked in Paris that the transfer chat has been well underway. But it looks as though Liverpool are beginning to firm up or look to make moves they want to this summer.
2: Well technically speaking nothing's actually happened. However that doesn't really suit for a for a podcast that goes on for about half an hour so I'll have to discuss things that have been going on. Um well in, in short in short but actually there's been hints of things that could be happening soon. We'll go through them one by one. Start with um, Sadio Mane, obviously.
1: Do you think he's of, a key player in all this? Then. That it's,
2: yeah, he's a key, yeah, he's a key player. We'll come, we'll, we'll come to that. Come on, right, right, I'm trying right. to stress right. this. I Aren't mean, you getting straight <laughs> to the point there? Honestly, <laughs> right. So, um, so, we'll start with Sadio Mane. He, um, yeah, he obviously the big talk after Paris is is he going to? What's he going to say to Liverpool and? Whether or not he said anything to Liverpool or not, is, it's almost borderline irrelevant now because it's quite clear that Liverpool are preparing to sell him. So he quite obviously must want to go, let's let's not be soft about all of this. Bayern Munich must have had a word with him months ago or, or weeks ago. It's for him to to feel that way. Bayern obviously come up with two bids. Liverpool have, have rejected them both and they're waiting for near a €50 million Euro bid uh, in terms of an overall package because Bayern Munich have said, well, Robert Lewandowski." We want to sell him to Barcelona. Sorry, we don't want to sell him to Barcelona, but if we do, it's going to cost €50 million. He's somebody who's three years older than Mane, and he's got a year left on his contract as well. So they kind of made a rod rod for their own back there. So Liverpool want that, which is £42.75 million, uh, according to the currency converter that I've been using quite a lot this week on the internet. Um, So, yeah, there's that. Now, you mentioned that, is Mane a key man? Well, he is, because if he doesn't go, then Liverpool don't need to replace him if he does go, Liverpool are going to need to replace him. And to replace him, it looks as though the main target's Darwin Nunes of Benfica. Now, he's somebody who's been on the list for a while, but he's obviously the one that they've decided they're going to go for if they feel as though they can afford him. To afford him would mean that they'd have to sell Mane for a start to get some funds for it. But they also don't want to pay over the odds for a player who, was he 22 and he's only played a a couple of seasons at, at Benfica? He's got a lot of development to go, so it's interesting in, in, in that sense that Liverpool quite clearly want him, but they're not going to pay him absolutely huge money. Although, you know, it's going to still cost, it could well be a package of 100 million euros over the duration of you know, how long he's there for, which we'll end will lead Liverpool be quite happy to offer him a five-year contract. So there's that. Now also there's uh, Takumi Minamino. Uh, he is almost certainly going to leave. Uh, the, his agent is over at the moment. He's been contacted by four clubs, Monaco, Southampton, uh, Leeds and Wolves, uh, who for various reasons would be quite interested. Liverpool wants £17 million for him, which is, I think, is about 20 €20 million. Euros. So whether they get that, or not, I'm not entirely sure, but quite clearly Minamino's on his way. And then there's Alex Oxley chamberlain who, like... Mane has got one year left on his contract. Unlike Mane, he's not really played that much football over the last couple of years. He's not exactly in the running for the Ballon d'Or, should we say. So he's not going to be available for it anywhere near as much. So it looks like that could be £10 million. West Ham have made serious inquiries, but it doesn't seem as though they're going to do very much just yet because they may have to raise some funds. And who knows, there might be a player called Jarrod Bowen on, on the move. We don't know. But we've got to bear in mind, what day is it? June the 10th? The transfer window only officially opened for moves between Premier Clubs yesterday, I think it was. Or oh, today, actually, it's today, isn't it? Yes, yeah, today. Today, yeah, today. Uh, for most players, though, it's going to be July before they can move. Uh, obviously, moving in and around from abroad. But from this point on, I don't think there's any reason for people to start getting a little bit carried away because you know, Liverpool don't play a game, a friendly, for another five weeks. And talking on, on Nunes, he's playing on Saturday night for Uruguay, so he's not going to be doing very much until after that. Players want to go on holidays, managers want to go on holidays, so it's over to the sporting directors, the recruitment teams of the, and you know, whoever, chief executive, whoever's dealing with the respective clubs to get things done. So this is where they start earning their money. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I know people got a bit carried away with Nunes earlier this week. We never ever led to believe that anything was massively in the offing in terms of it being com- concluded anytime soon but doesn't mean that Liverpool could strike a deal with Benfica I mean, we've seen what Benfica reportedly want um as far as where well, Liverpool haven't got as far as having talks over a fee or anything like that but that's you know again let's not be too soft about this that doesn't mean that they haven't got a good idea of what's needed they possibly you know you know the way that this works people talk to people inside you know in journalism people talk to people inside the industry exactly the same in football the same as any other you know, walk of life, people will talk and they'll have a good idea of of, of what's available and for how much. So, you know, in, t- in that sense, yeah, Liverpool quite clued up about what's going on with Nunes, about Mane, about Minamino. But as of yet, absolutely nothing concrete's happened and it, it might not for who knows how long. But once it does, you mentioned before about Mane, once one of them goes... It could be like Lewandowski goes to Barcelona, then Bayern Munich go for Mane, then Liverpool go for Nia. It just takes, it's the old domino effect, isn't it? Once one goes, then the old start going. So I think everybody's just waiting for it. In that kind of, you know, it's like buying a house, isn't it? You know, it's, it's the whole chain. Once somebody gets something sorted, suddenly all the rest go pretty quickly. Well, they're supposed to. That doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that they do.
1: No, I, I mean, in six and a half minutes, uh, Doyle's wrapped up the pod, so... Uh, yeah, no, sure. <laughs> we, I, you were talking about being thirty seconds, so, you know. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Um, we can delve a bit deeper into those individual issues, can't we, Guy?
1: No, we can, we've got plenty more to talk about exactly, as well. Yes. You're not going to stop me that easily. But, Sean, I, I suppose <laughs> a, a key part of this is, is kind of the way in which modern transfers work, that it, it could very much be believed that Sadio Mane, ballpark figures have been spoken with with Bayern of what his personal terms are. Darwin Nunez to to Liverpool may be similar, other players moving around in this chain the same and then it is a case of the negotiations happening between the clubs and given it is the first day of the transfer window, the fact that there's international football happening at the moment as well. It's, it's far removed from what we saw with Luis Diaz back in January, where Liverpool had to fly that delegation out to South America and had to get the deal done because they were they were fighting the clock, whereas or battling against the clock. Whereas now they're they're not doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's been very strange in many ways, hasn't it? This this season finishing and then instantly going into international football, and you know like you can say the Nations League and, and other competitions that are happening at the moment uh, are kind of glorified friendlies, but it does feel like this this international. Period, there's been quite significant, hasn't it? There's obviously been World Cup qualifiers and stuff like that, so yeah, there's there's, there's a lot going on. And um, Kater Salah, well, those playing in a very meaningful game, so yeah, I think you're right about when we'll start to hear things and see things happen, that might take a little bit of time. And, and Doyle spot on in, in terms of the, the, the domino effect, but I, I do think we can allow for a certain level of excitement around Nunes at, at, at this stage, you know. My question is,
1: Ian Doyle, yeah. Well, I, I, I even think
0: don't, doily... We don't do excitement <laughs> so don't do Excitement, Hang on. excitement I, I was, expresses was, itself in different I, ways. All I, you know. Say
2: is I remember the Van Dyke thing where everybody got excited that it took another four months before him to join. I'm not saying that's going to happen now, but that's an example of how even when someone quite clearly is joining a club, it can take quite a long time for it to happen.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that, I think that, that's absolutely fair. But I, I think, and this is a bit of a hunch, but I think there's a, there's a, there's a few factors that come into play around this and around Nunes in particular. I think... The contract situation of Liverpool's forwards is massive, and obviously Dooley's detailed what's happening with Mane, and and it does look, for all the world, like he will be off if the if the right price can be sorted out with Bayern. But the fact that going into next summer, there's still a ticking down for Firmino, and obviously for Salah, which is the big one. I, there's no way I don't think that Liverpool would want to leave themselves in a position where, let's say, a deal doesn't get sorted with Salah, and any it's him alone really. Isn't it? I do think something. You know, it feels much more likely that a compromise can be found with Firmino you know, and, and he might stick around. And if he does go, you know, it's 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 less of a blow, really, isn't it? Ultimately, than, than Salah going. But I don't think Liverpool will want to be in a position next season where it ticks down and they, they suddenly have to replace Salah. I think that's, that's the kind of worst possible outcome from here, from where we are right now. So, in that sense, I think there's a, a kind of impetus to spend big and, and get a deal done now rather than when it could be even more problematic and and costly next summer and I think as well just the whole handover from Michael Edwards to Julian Ward which obviously has been an ongoing process it's been a transition that seems to have been managed very well behind the scenes as you've already mentioned Guy you know look back to January the Diaz deal got done Liverpool stolen ahead of spares and signed someone not only for the future but who's played a massive part already in Liverpool's season and He's he's won multiple trophies for both of the teams he played for in two different countries this term, hasn't he? So you know he's he's done very well. But I think in terms of of wards, you know clearly there's the contacts in Portugal that the scouting network that Liverpool have and relationships with agencies is you know delves very deep and far and wide. But I think the optics of it as well, you know, Liverpool obviously always slightly coy when we try and get steers on on transfers and what, what's happening. It is all, always a bit of a game and, you know, interpretation and, and reading between the lines is necessary. But I think the fact that it is clear that there is interest and that they are looking to go for him and, you know, at the very least he's on a short list, he might well be the, the top candidate on that short list. My, my suspicion is that I, I think eventually it will get done, albeit, as Doily says, it could, it could take a little while. And I think it's the optics of, of this is Ward's first window, really, isn't it, where he's, where he's branching out alone, the Michael era is over and Liverpool are moving on, Klopp signed his new deal. There's obviously, even the fact that Mane's leaving, I think is 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 a big blow, isn't it? If, if, if it does turn out that he leaves, that Liverpool will have to get a replacement. But there's also the factor of just feel good and going into the new season and making fans certain that there is a commitment to, to build you know, the next great Liverpool side, which a lot of the blocks are already in place, aren't they? You know, we've been we, rich looking before, actually, fees Liverpool have paid for forwards and you know, the, the two most costly forwards that Liverpool have brought in are Diaz and Jota, aren't they? They're, they're already right there at the club and, you know, P- Nunes perhaps would not only be the most costly forward, but the most costly player Liverpool have, have bought if, if he does come in. So, yeah, I, I think a lot points to this happening. Um, but, but as Doody said, there's there's a lot that has to fall into place to get it over the line. But I think the, the kind of wider factors and the optics would point towards this being the right thing to, for Liverpool to do and, and the right time to do it.
1: On that point, then, Rich, and talking of optics and this window significance for for Julian Ward, obviously the Grand Master in Michael Edwards is moving on, but it looks as though he's passed a trick or two on to, to Julian Ward. I think Bayern probably coming to the negotiating table for Sadio Mane. Thought, well, we did a good deal with you for Thiago. That was uh, that was a, a good deal for both clubs. Can we maybe look at that to re-examine it for this Sadio Mane deal? Julian Woods turned around one step ahead as ever in the Liverpool recruitment team and gone, well, no, you want this for Lewandowski, so that's
3: your price. Well, first off, I'm really pleased to see um, house buying analogies make it into this podcast after I uh, successfully introduced them in the last one. And We need <laughs> to do a separate, a separate pod on real estate, and I'm, I'm quite up for that. So hopefully uh, Liverpool won't be gazumped. On uh, the, the signing of Darwin Nunes, but we'll have to see. But in terms of, of Julian Ward, I think it's fair to say that uh, you know there might be a, a new man at, at the helm there now that uh, you know the Zero is over. But it doesn't mean that their the style and their approach to, to signing players has necessarily changed. I'm sure. I'm sure there would have been a pretty good uh, uh, handover b- before he took on the new role, and um, we're probably already seeing evidence of that already. I, I just. I just struggle to find um, uh, logic behind what Bayern Munich's thinking was. You know, one thing with the fee, but the actual the, the add-on sections just just doesn't make any sense. It's almost like we'll, we'll just test the water on this fella, see if he's a, see if he's still a bit wet behind the ears, and uh, and what we can pull off. But obviously, it's not going to be that simple for Bayern Munich. Um, but of of course, uh, as Doyle already pointed out. the any sort of delay to the sale of Sadio Mane holds up the whole chain. It's slightly, slightly concerning that Barcelona are at the top of this chain with the current financial issues uh, or previous financial issues that they've had. Um, but yeah, the, this Nunes deal could could very well uh, be held up until, until the Mane situation is sorted. That said, um, it could be argued that this getting out into the open could be a little bit of a masterstroke on behalf of, of Liverpool. In terms of getting a bit of a feel-good vibe back after what was ultimately a disappointing end to the season, obviously it was a fantastic season, um, but to, to miss out on the Premier League by a point and then to go on to lose the Champions League plus all the problems that went on in Paris gives you know people a little bit of a low feeling, and then all of a sudden you've been linked, and, and then of course Mane uh, say uh, looking like he wants to leave as well, and, and then. Uh, no sooner has that happened, you, you know, you're being linked with a um, a club record transfer fee for a, a new striker who's a, who, who looks impressive and is young and exciting, and and I think will be a good asset for Liverpool if they if they can get it over the line. So I, I think so far so good for Julian Ward, but obviously uh, he's got plenty of tests ahead of him.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: So. In terms of Sadio Mane and and looking at it, there's been two bids coming from Bayern that have both been knocked back. Could Liverpool do with another club to come into the mix to effectively, I I suppose, start a bit of a a bidding war to drive Bayern up? Or, I mean, I suppose we've seen with Liverpool before, they are stubborn negotiators. It's pay the price or miss out on the player and, and wait, I suppose, for Bayern to come to the level they want them to.
2: Probably not because I don't think Manny wants to join anyone but Bayern Munich, and I think that kind of strengthens Bayern's hand, but also strengthens Liverpool's hand in a way because they know that well if he doesn't want if he can't go there, then he's not going anywhere else, so we'll keep him. So I do think that's probably the kind of bit of gamesmanship—not gamesmanship. What's the word I'm looking for? Brickmanship, That's the one that I'm uh, that they uh, that the, the clubs are playing, and it just happens all the time with with transfers. I mean, they go around the houses again. They go around the houses. Uh, <laughs> or for, for you know weeks, days, whatever on end and then uh, things get sorted. It's very rare that these... Ca- when somebody wants to go somewhere, uh, it's very rare that it doesn't happen in that sense, but it's a matter of when and a matter of how much. And I think it just in the same way that Bayern won as much money for Lewandowski from Barcelona, as we said before, Liverpool won as much money for Mane and Benfica won as much money for Nunes. I mean, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, if you've got this talented individual and somebody comes across and you know what wants to take them then you want to get as much money as you possibly can i mean if, if uh, you know it, it's been seen time and time and time again and the, the, the only time problems happen is when players get valued weirdly isn't it it's like players want to be valued as high as possible when they're at a club but then the minute they want to leave they go well hang on, i'm not worth that much i want to i want to be worth less so i can go somewhere else you know it, that, that's the kind of great another paradox of it all but I can't really see there being that much of a problem. I do think that Mane will end up at Bayern Munich. Probably Lewandowski will end up at Barcelona. But the bigger question is whether Nunes ends up at uh, Liverpool. We're we're not entirely 100% sure on that one.
1: Uh, And also, Sean, I I suppose, and I'm completely playing devil's advocate here and I'm I'm ready to be shot down. But as Rich (laughs) said before, where do Barcelona get the money from? There's been whispers. There's a certain midfield player who would cost around €50 million, which is the price on Lewandowski's head, that... Liverpool themselves I'm talking about Gavi would want so a chain that could start and finish for Liverpool in the ideal scenario no?
0: (sighs) It's possible but um, what are you suggesting that Gavi could could come to the Reds here, or that was quite a big sigh. Then can I just add yeah. that in? that was quite a
2: big sigh. That we all we all heard that, Sean. We all heard <laughs> it. Yeah. But what
1: the I mean, what anti- I mean is, is they they he's <laughs> obviously got this release clause. So they're trying to offer him a new contract. There there are reports circulating, obviously, as to how far down the line Barcelona are with with that. We're obviously not based in Spain. It's it's not, uh, I suppose, exactly where I'm coming or know too much about. But I'm just kind of, as I say, playing devil's advocate that they could start the chain and. And profit at the end of it as well.
0: Interesting one. I mean, obviously, we've we've seen, haven't we? We've written that De, written a piece about Liverpool's long-term aspirations to bring in a new midfielder, and he, he very much ticks the boxes, doesn't he? Young, talented, would be able to get him well for, for nothing, wouldn't they? If they if they went for it, and we I think we had a piece in the last couple of days that was. Based on media reports from Spain, but it was saying that the offer that had been put to him from Barca was abysmal. Uh, I don't know how directly translated that that word was in terms of uh, the, the apparent contract offer. Obviously, Churamanis. It looks like he's, he well, he is Madrid bound, isn't he? So that's one midfielder that Liverpool had long term interest in. It doesn't look like it's going to happen. Bellingham's the other one we've we've written around that um, and the prospect of him going. But as Dodi said in his latest piece it's not really going to be foreseeable that Dortmund let Haaland and him go both in the same summer, is it? So, you've got to be convinced there a little bit, Guy. You've got to be, you've got to be hopeful. Midfield was the one where... But if, Liverpool if the... are
1: the kings of opportunism, aren't they? Um, we saw it with, with Lewis Diaz and the amount of times that opportunities have presented themselves. As we say, Gavi may well be very close to signing a new contract and that word abysmal may have been absolutely, <laughs> completely out of context and it might be in a fine agreement that they do end up reaching, but... I, I was I was purely only speculating there the fact that Barcelona could do with about fifty million euros for for Lewandowski, which I'm pretty sure is the release clause currently in in Gavi's contract. But it, it would be it would be an interesting way, I suppose, of of looking at it. Um, Richard, I'll bring you kind of in here with it, and and on this summer, and for Julian Ward, obviously, albeit might not be activity immediately. Certainly on the the Nunez front, but how big do you think this summer is for him of of making a statement signing? Of I mean, we know how much he was involved in the Luis Diaz signing, but I suppose in reacting to to Man City's signing of Erling Haaland as well of actually. Bringing in a, a big name and a big money signing, I suppose, as well to, to really get the fans excited.
3: Ordinarily, I don't think it it, it would be there was not there's not normally this much focus on like a sporting director or, or a similar role. You know what I mean? But obviously, his predecessor's reputation precedes him. Bit of a mouthful of that, but um, so and with obviously with Erling as well going to Manchester City, finishing behind Manchester City again. Uh, and and that that sort of uh, that continued chase to try and try and keep pace with um, with uh, a club that appears to have infinite resources and the best commercial deals in world football. He's got a job on his hands, so um, yes, there, there'll probably be an element of wanting to um, get some sort of big signing over the line, particularly if Mane does end up going to, to buy Munich. Obviously, it's a particularly interesting dynamic if. Mane didn't end up going, and then you you know you basically have to call off other deals. With, you know the whole Gavi talk. Does that even get affected if the, if the uh, Nunes deal falls through and stuff like that? You know it could could all collapse, couldn't it? So it, is, there a, is there a plan B if that happens? And I think I think Dolly said in one of his pieces the other day that you know Nunes is just one of the targets that Liverpool would be looking at. They'll have other ideas uh, uh, written down. Um, maybe people we haven't even spoken about who um, could come into the frame if something like that falls apart. So I, I don't I don't think Darwin Nunes is necessarily make or break uh, for Julian Ward. Certainly not break. He's only just got the job. He's probably still in a uh, probation period. Um, but, I, you know, I, I think he would want to get something decent over the line and, 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 and make it clear to supporters that the good dealings that we've seen in transfers over the last few years, which have served Liverpool particularly well, is going to continue under a uh, slightly different regime.
1: Yeah, on to actually how it fits in doily uh, to what Liverpool on the picture are maybe planning to talk about the actual football on a football podcast for a moment. The do what? you think? It, yeah, exactly. Do Do you think it signifies maybe a, a change in setup for Jurgen Klopp for Liverpool this summer? That if if Nunes is the man who is to come in eventually and on the shortlist, whether those are maybe out-and-out centre-forwards on the shortlist or whether they are more versatile forward options. But it would kind of be a move, I suppose, away from what we've seen really with Roberto Firmino being the number nine and more what Sadio Mane did for the last six months and maybe kind of opened up the, the possibilities to having a real out-and-out out focal point at the top end of the pitch. And I suppose City are going down a very similar line themselves with, with bringing in Haaland.
2: Yeah, I mean, what is it, players make systems. Um, so it will be down to something like that. I mean, I wrote after the Champions League final um, that, look, if Mane's going, Origi's gone. Uh, you may as well get somebody who can play down the middle because it offers them something different. I think we've probably said it before, but if Origi had been available against Real Madrid, I think that would have made a bit of a difference, certainly in the the last 20 minutes when they're lumping the ball into the box and not much was happening. Um, he can kind of He's that kind of player who can get on the end of that. Well, Klopp always said he was the best finish at the club, so... You know, that was kind of, he didn't get that many games because the way Liverpool played. And if Liverpool are looking to spend, what was it, 80 odd million million on a player, whether it actually happens or not, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but it's quite clear that they need to replace, if Manny's going, they need to replace him. They're going to go for somebody who's more likely to play down the middle. Um, then, yeah, it will involve a bit of a change, but it's not going to be that much of a change. Let's be honest, it's already been changing for the past two years because Firmino's not played that many games. I think it was this season. I worked it out. I can't remember exactly the number. I only wrote this about three days ago. That just shows you just I've got you know, no no concept of what what's going on these days. But I think that Firmino, you know, Salah, and Mane only started either five, six, or seven games together in the last season. And Liverpool played about nine hundred games. So that just kind of tell you that they have moved away from that. It did end last season. Last season when they had, they needed to get over the line to finish third, they were the, the front three. Partly because Jota got injured as well. I think he missed it for a couple of games. So they were the front three for the most part. But this season, it hasn't happened. Jota forced his way in. I know Firmino was injured at the start of the season. Jota forced his way in. Then Diaz, we've mentioned, came in. And that and it ended up with Mani moving inside. So this hasn't been an overnight change. I think if Nunes comes in, or somebody of his ilk, because I think it will be somebody like that. And I think that's part of the reason why they would be quite willing to spend quite a lot of money. Because he's somebody who can not only play down the middle, but... I think we saw when he played against Liverpool at Anfield in particular, second half, he went off onto the the left wing a little bit and basically just annoyed Joe Gomez for the duration, kept on playing off the off the last man. I mean he gets up he's offside quite a lot, but it's it's it'd be interesting imagine if Nunes played every single week against Liverpool's back line, he would win that battle you know, playing that high line and then him playing on the shoulders. So in some respects. If he's in, if he signs and he's in training and he plays that, brilliant. They'll both become really, really good at it because you know they'll have so much practice at it. So that's one thing that now I've said that someone's bound to write. Um Yeah, no, but yeah. <laughs> van, I mean, yeah. I, I, I'll add and say Virgil van Dijk said yeah. he's brilliant. Exactly, yeah. yeah, yeah. And the other thing as well is which somebody else is right Josh Williams is right. Which I, I well, let's put it this way: I've not seen it, but I've seen the headline. I'm pretty sure this is what it's going to say: is uh, Trent Alexander Island crossing it, and there's going to be somebody that's heading in, or, or you know, or do the old old school finishing. And Andy Roberts, is exactly the same. If you're getting into those positions and you can cross it, certainly Trent, someone on the end of it, which is why, but that was a veer off topic. Imagine if Trent Alexander Island played for England and you had Harry Kane in the middle, that'd be really good, wouldn't it? You'd think,
1: wouldn't that be you know,
2: interesting? Yeah you, yeah.
1: Just, yeah, you just had me thinking there as to yeah. what the possibilities could be, yeah, exactly. Wow.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, so. Um, if you've got a good player, you try and get the best out of them. So I wouldn't say it's so much a, a massive step away from a particular style because Liverpool have stepped away from that for quite some time. Let's face it, they don't play the, the way that they did when Klopp first joined when they were getting to the Champions League final in 2018 and they were rushing around everywhere and just trying to blow teams away. That stopped when they signed Fabinho and, uh, and to a lesser extent Van Dyke and a bit more of an extent Alisson because then they could push forward a bit more because they had a keeper who can play a certain way and sweep up behind the defence. So. As I said, right at the start, of this answer, which seems like about fifteen minutes ago now, the uh, players make the styles, and if Liverpool do get in someone like Nunes, then there will be a shift in style, but it won't be as pronounced as some people I suspect are thinking.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: I'm sure there'll be people listening or even watching to this point getting angry with our comments right at the start of. Sean saying that, that Sadio Mane maybe needs to be the player to leave to set off the chain of events. A lot of people will be saying, "Oh, it's FSG need to sell before we, we can buy." Well, no, but it's that's more what,
2: it's more to do with even just the numbers. Could you? Yeah. Have,
1: well, I mean, you know, I, mean I, was, uh, I was just going to say yeah, that, Dougal. Yeah. I was, I was, I was getting. Right, to right, trying right. to get in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay, yeah. Mane needs to leave, really, Sean, to free up the space. And I would argue maybe that transfer fee that's recouped can be what pays for. Tying down Mohamed Salah because when you add up the numbers of what Doyle has put in his, his state of play for players that need to be sold, when you think of the likes of Minamino, Nat Phillips, and Nico Williams, each fifteen million pounds each, Alex Oxley, Chamberlain for ten million pounds, from the initial amount of money that's supposedly going to be put down for Darwin Nunez the, of the reports that have been circulating. That money, most of it, I think only £10 million short, would come from those sales of squad players. And then the money left over would would be... And and yet Darwin Nunes, to me, it's a separate thing. He's an investment over a five-year period within that initial contract to take Liverpool's front line forwards, whereas the Mane money that could potentially then get put aside for, for sorting out Salah's contract.
0: Yeah, I think there's a lot in that. And there was probably always a sense, wasn't it, in which only one of Mane and Salah was going to be be renewed for the long term, given how much they both would have cost um to, to to tie them down for you know two, three, four years, whatever it may be, if if Salah does get done. I think you're right, it's 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 difficult with Mane because I think the back end of last season for him really does colour things, doesn't it? And he was so good. And as we all saw, he was down the middle as he's already mentioned. And you've got a player who's one of the initial building blocks of the Klopp era a key player in this team who's played right, left, in the middle. And I don't know, I mean, at times at the end of this season, it felt like he was he was peaking and he'd found a new role in which he could thrive. But at the same time, you know, you, you, you potentially add Nunes to the mix and a front three of Diaz on the left, Nunes in the middle and Salah on the right looks absolutely irresistible. And it's interesting the discussion around style before. And I do think, you know, as... As Liverpool have progressed and evolved, and, and Dodie's right to say it, it has been a gradual evolution, I think there's almost been a sense in which Liverpool have become a bit more and more like City, you know, in terms of being more comfortable in possession. Uh, this is probably more Liverpool than City, but that, that high line's been pushed further forward hasn't think we saw that last season. And I think the logical conclusion of that is you don't necessarily need a centre forward who comes back into midfield and stitches things in the way that Firmino does or is a, is a pressing monster in the way that Jota is, you know, you can probably have someone who's not quite a target man, but someone who can do a little bit of everything, but whose main responsibility is to be there in the middle and put the ball on the back of the net. And, you know, that's, it obviously, Mane's versatility and his ability would have been a huge asset for Liverpool to retain um, and, you know, it's, it's it'll be a great coup for, for Barca to get, but... Liverpool having specialists all across the front line and then Firmino and Jota who can come in and fill in and vary the style as and when needed, I think is is a tantalizing prospect. The, the key thing for me was that we had we had this half season when when Diaz came in when there were so many options and you thought Liverpool can outgun any team in the league here. They attacking-wise, I think Liverpool's options were and possibly still are better than Man City's. Harlan changes that, doesn't he? A little bit. And some kind of response is needed, obviously, especially if Mane is going. Um, And and it seems, if Nunes comes in, that Liverpool are are well on the way to doing that. The final point I make on this is I think the next season is just going to be not completely determined by the World Cup, but defined by it to a large extent. And I think we're going to see a couple of phases, you know, a few months initially where it's all going to be a bit of a shootout as to who can get in a really good position before everyone starts heading off to the World Cup in Qatar. And then afterwards, almost a bit of an exercise in damage limitation. Whose squad comes back, comes back in the best nick, lack of injuries, you know, players who, whose hopefully form won't dip. So for Liverpool to inject a bit more quality into the attack is is essential. And, and from that perspective, I think Liverpool look quite good though, because Diaz and Salah aren't going to the World Cup. Um, Firmino, you know, will he be in Brazil's squads? Possibly not, given given recent squads and lack of game time for him. Okay, Jota will be there. Nunes will be there if 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 Liverpool get him. But um, but yeah, just it, it's gonna be it's gonna be very exciting if he comes in. And you know, whilst it'd be sad to say goodbye to Mane, I think like you say, guy, when when you start totting up the numbers, both financially and in terms of the squad itself, it does start to make a little bit of sense, doesn't it? To, to rejig in the way Liverpool seem to be doing.
1: Yeah, it feels like the deals are linked in terms of numbers, but not in terms of needing to sell to buy the players which Liverpool will then move forward with, which is obviously an accusation that is constantly levelled. One player, Rich, that we've not spoke about yet, who looks as though he could be off, though, is Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain for as little as £10 million. Even Manchester United, supposedly, courting some kind of interest.
3: Um. yeah. I mean, is that the club where people go for their careers to die now? I don't know. We seem to have uh, moved on a bit from the old Manchester United, haven't we? Uh, £10 sounds like a bargain for Manchester United, what they normally play for players these days. So uh, I I wouldn't want to see Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain go to Manchester United. I suppose I wouldn't want to see any Liverpool player go there, really. Um, But it's pretty clear that his his time at Anfield is probably uh, drawing to a close now. He's had his moments... Um, and you know he scored some key goals as well, but I, I, I you know, I don't, I don't really see uh, in in this involvement, if you want to call it that, of, of Liverpool squad. I, I don't see him really playing a, a part in it. So uh, it makes sense for him to move on to another club where he can get uh, more game time, uh, whether it's at Manchester United or elsewhere. I'd be I'd be surprised if they were the only team in for him. Surely there's going to be uh, a lot of other clubs that could take a a good player like that and and giving the game time required to to um to make uh, a sufficient stamp on the team that he's playing I and mean, but obviously he's not he's not been able to do that in the long term and certainly not um in in the last season uh, and he, he won't be of course won't be happy with that and and it, why, why wouldn't he want to move on so i think if 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 a, you know a decent fee can be agreed and and it's a club that suits both parties then then yeah it makes perfect sense
1: yeah, Keeping with the housing analogy, Doily, is is this not just the auction starting price for Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain and maybe the fee could go higher before the hammer comes down? You've mentioned West Ham are, are, are interested too. Or, or is it a case of, as we've continually seen under Jurgen Klopp's tenure, that, that Liverpool, after having certain service out of players, look to do the best by the player and wouldn't want to stand in his way? He does only have one year left on his contract.
2: Well, they've asked for 10 million for Oxlade Chamberlain, 15 for Phillips, Nat Phillips and Nico Williams, and 17 for Minamino, and 42.75 million for for Mane. I'd be surprised if they get the full money for all of them, to be honest. I think uh, just the way things are at the moment, the way that the market is, I can't see teams paying. Huge amounts. I mean, managed the, obviously the main one, and we've spoken about that already. Uh, in terms of oxide chamber, I think ten billion is a good deal for everybody. Don't think it's that much. Uh, Do you not think it's a... Liverpool
1: selling a little bit short though? In terms not of not
2: really, not really, because you've got to look and say, well, he, I think he's only played something like is it seventeen starts in two, 19 starts in two seasons, something like that. He hasn't started a league game since I think February or January actually. Was it the Norwich the... game? Actually, that would be February, then, wouldn't it? Uh, well, it's one—it's one since January, basically. Uh, he played in a couple of FA Cup games as well, but then when he got to the semis and the final, he wasn't even getting in the—wasn't um, even getting in the matchday squad for, for some of the games. So, I think that's kind of—you know—he was kind of a victim of, as Sean said before, that that all that um, attacking options that Liverpool had. Because bear in mind that when Salah and Manny went off to the African Cup of Nations. There was no Diaz there, so there's three straight off not there. And Oxley Chamberlain played on the right wing for two league games, and I think he scored in
1: both of them. So
2: he's he, well, he was. He, the,
1: I'm I'm pretty he sure. Failed, I'm he saying, he was. Stella. He was the next highest scorer after the, th- the front three in the title winning season. I mean, I know. I know that's now going. Back well, I know he played. I know it was
2: two seasons ago. It's two seasons ago. Yeah, he played an awful lot of games that season. He played an awful lot of games that season, but that was two seasons ago. Last season was the one that really that hampered him because he got the injury, which meant he missed half the season. and Then he couldn't get back into the team, even when they weren't playing particularly well because he, he needs rhythm. And when he did get a bit of rhythm over December, January, that's when he had his best form. And then the minutes Salah and Mane come back, he's back on the bench. And then Diaz starts really well. He's got behind him as well. Suddenly he's gone behind three players. And I think... Uh, I just think it's one of those. I just think it's it's, it's a you know part of the ways that's inevitable, as Rich said, and I think it's best for everybody. I don't think he'll end up at Man United. Um, no, no. I think that's just somebody skirmongering I suspect looking for some hits who do that on their website. Uh, and I do think that uh, I do think that if Man United, well, okay, let's put it this way: if United went in for him, he'd play games and he'd do well there. But I can't see Liverpool selling to Man United think West Ham are keen but they might have to sell players as I said before Villa there's actually some talk of there's at least one club from abroad if you've something different although we might have to have a word with the wife about that one uh is it his wife are they married
1: I don't think
2: don't think married. so they're not are they no, no I don't think so well, not, car, though, if i tell you what if they're not then he should do the decent thing shouldn't he come on come on Alex. you yeah. get married abroad yeah that's it <laughs> take there you go yeah so where where'd you fancy going um <laughs> Where would you want to go?
1: Where would you want to go? Can I think? Which team would you um, want to go where well, you could get married? Come on, guy. You'll be doing this. What? The, uh, well, I, was, I was just going to say, does he fancy <laughs> <Yeah>. Ben Fleeker? <laughs> huh? be in Lisbon. Lisbon ah, Throw right? him in. Nice. He's great. There yeah. Yeah. He, he goes. Great. Really Only brilliant. bring him in the old garf. Yeah. Golf. yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. I think that'd be
2: good, yeah. This podcast right. has taken
1: quite a turn here. <laughs> yeah, it definitely has. Right? <laughs> yeah. Are we going to do four, the PFA Team of the Year? Come yeah. On, have four, of this. Four, yeah. Four, four blokes awkwardly sitting around talking about. 100.
0: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
1: <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk about the uh, PFA Team of the Year. And Sean, the reason I want to speak about this is because of the the volume of Liverpool players in it. Is is six: Allison, Alexander, Arnold, Van Dijk, Thiago, Salah. And Mane, we hear so often from Pep Guardiola about the bias that the media have towards Liverpool over Manchester City, who, albeit title winners, have only got three players in the PFA team of the year. This is voted for by the professionals, though, not the media.
0: Well, exactly. I don't think anyone can have any arguments. And, and Laporte's been tweeting, he, he, he tweeted at the, the, the classic Mourinho meme of, you know, I prefer not to speak. And then as was pointed out to me by a colleague this morning, someone said, go and have a look on his Instagram story. And it was just stat after stat, not necessarily him speaking, but certainly him presenting evidence and, and a case for as to why he wasn't in it himself. I had a rather good look at the team. And, and personally I, it's difficult because I think you could make the case, not necessarily for Laporte. to I mean, I, I, can, I can see a little bit why he's, why he's annoyed, but I think if anyone's hard done by in terms of city, it'd be Rodri, who I thought would have been a shoo-in to be in the midfield because whatever I've seen him he's done well I think he's scored quite a few goals as well this season hasn't he and um, it is difficult obviously Thiago being in there was entirely fair enough Bernardo Silva in midfield as well you can't really argue with De Bruyne obviously was an absolute shoo-in but you you look at in terms of Liverpool specifically as you asked you know Van Dijk being there at the back I don't think anyone can have any complaints about The, the way that he's responded to his injury to the extent where you almost forget that he even had it is is incredible and I think you know, we, we've spoken so often this season about Canate and how good he's been settling in and, you know, he didn't lose a Liverpool game, did he, until the final against Madrid. Um, Matip as well has had a fantastic season, you know, a few goals, a few assists in the league, about 10 little adventures per game where, where he's dashed forward and, and uh, you know, got into the opposition half. I, I think it's it's telling that the other defenders, the ones who partnered Van Dijk have had such good seasons and underlying that, the, the, the foundation of that, not that they're, they're not good players, obviously they are, but it, it's playing alongside Virgil, isn't it? So, you know, that, that's entirely fair enough. But yeah, I, I don't think, I don't think really there's many City players who can have complaints. I mean, I don't know whether Doyle would agree about this, knowing his views on Spurs, but I think if anyone's been outdone by it, it's its Kane and Son in attack, because I think Ronaldo... I think, wasn't. Think, uh, it depends
2: exactly, I don't know... Spurs for his own, please. I
0: don't know. We're gonna t- well. There's no Arsenal players in it.
2: Did um, they, they had a few in the, the young player though, didn't you? I think it was most of the young players were Arsenal players, and they still didn't manage to not win it. Let's oh, uh, yeah,
1: hear your point then. No, Go
2: on. Okay, okay. So what's the? Uh, yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. They voted at the start of April, do not they? I thought.
2: I, yeah. I mean, it used to be a lot earlier than that, didn't it? So you sometimes had some kind of strange. It was basically players who did really well in the first half of the season, but the fact that it's a bit later these days, I think, it's a bit more reflective on things. Um, I was a little bit surprised to see Thiago in it, to be honest. I was a little bit surprised to see Thiago, although I think he's been excellent since January. But it, and I know you mentioned about uh, Tottenham with Ronaldo being in there, which was, again, a bit surprising for a lot of people. But the players vote, and we are unfortunately not professional footballers, right? As much as Guy seems to think he wants to be one. Uh, goalkeeper, isn't it? Even, even then, that's not even a real footballer, is it? Imagine that, imagine, imagine say that on a podcast, yeah, you do that, uh, I'm joking by the way, um, but no, the players know how good the other players are, so they come up against them every single week in actual you know, combat, in battle, so they know who's good and who isn't, so I think with Thiago for example, going back to what Sean said about Rodri, I think Rodri is very unlucky not to be in it, but he's the kind of player that he does things that a lot of players can do, but he just does them really, really well. Whereas with Thiago, he does things that most players can't do. You know, so he needs range of passing. They'll know that they'll have spoken about it before games where they go, right, we need to try and stop Thiago. Say, okay, we'll do this, this and this. Then he just pops up and plays these other passes. And it's like, we couldn't do anything about it because he was just putting them anywhere. And I think that explains that. With Ronaldo, I do think these. obviously he's about 60 now, but he's in a terrible Manchester United team. Certainly by Manchester United standards. And he still scored, how many goals was it? 20-odd? It was a lot, wasn't it? It was a lot. So
1: I think... Yeah, in all competitions. Are, I think it was it was 18, 17, 18 Premier League goals.
2: Yeah. So he, he's, you know, he, he may not be the player that he once was and he's certainly not playing for a team that once were like they used to be. But defenders come up against him and probably thinking, I can't, you know, we can't cope with him. No matter what, we, we think we've done something here and then he's just gone and done something like that. You know, he can do everything. So I suspect that explains that. But going back to Sean's point, Son in particular, although I suspect Son... He scored a lot of goals April May, didn't he? And I yeah, think it's yeah. kind of I think it's kind of he's that's kind of been unlucky for him in the sense that it it's not helped his individual plate get this award, but it helped Tottenham he's
1: gonna to be in the Champions League next season. Yeah ahead of Arsenal. Yeah brilliant eighteen <laughs> goals Ronaldo got uh, but Rich you've you've spoken before about kind of that textbook Man City goal and for me the reason they've not got as many players in the team is because they are a team unit where each week it seems as though one of their star players or more than one of their star players is being left out to just accommodate some of the others so they can all get requisite amount of of game time to keep them all happy. Whereas you look at a player like Cristiano Ronaldo, who has been the outstanding individual in a very poor side in the table. And yet he gets into the team and, and City kind of at the, I, I suppose, point I'm trying to say is they kind of are the reason themselves, Pep Guardiola for having so many players that the individuals maybe don't shine so much.
3: You know, the the sum is greater than the part no, said that wrong. You know what I mean. They're better as a team than on their own. You can, <laughs> you, can
1: you can tell you can tell we've we have kind of put off the gas and we've come into uh, the end of the season. We've forty five
3: minutes, eh? we think <laughs> so we we're we're going to twenty. <laughs> well past the half hour threshold you set here, don't you? Um, <laughs> yeah, I think what you're saying there, guys very, very pleasant way of saying that Manchester City are pretty boring. Um, which they are because they're a sort of well-oiled machine that scores the same goal over and over again. And when someone's injured, they replace that player with someone identical who, who does pretty much the same job. So um, there's, there's not that much love for Manchester City outside. Uh, the, the fan base is that purely because of of you know the resources that have gone in and the fact that it's just delivered with this sort of mundane consistency, you know, would like can they have like just like a bad spell or something like that, make it a bit more interesting or plague off the rails. Anything just to add a bit more entertainment to what is uh you know otherwise a pretty dull procession to to win in the Premier League every year. And you know it's been said before I not know if it wasn't for Jurgen Klopp uh, where would we be in terms of entertainment at the top end of the Premier League? And I'm inclined to agree with that. Um a couple of points I mean first of all really happy with Sean's uh, Adventures of Joel Matip. I think that's definitely got its own line there. The Adventures of Joel Matip is, could, could, could make some sort of uh, running story for next season, hopefully. Uh, in terms of Ronaldo, I'm not so sure if these players are allowed to vote for for uh, teammates from their own size, but I can't imagine too many of United's uh, team actually voting for, for Ronaldo. It seems very much a uh, R- Ronaldo and everyone else type situation there, isn't it? And I suppose if you want to get into a... A team of the year the, the, the least you could expect for is a bit of backing from from uh your own teammates but uh i'm not sure that would be in uh um plentiful supply so yeah he's one of those isn't he he'll always score goals he seems doesn't do a lot in games and then just pops up and and, and, and proves his world-class qualities time and time again by by getting the goals when it matters not a not a bad quality to have and something that will uh, extend your uh your career uh, close to uh, your early forties, I'm sure. So it's it's one of them, isn't it? I, I, I'm sure at the end of the day, Liverpool supporters would be happy for, to have no players in in that team, uh, that team of the year, as long as it meant they they won the Premier League or the Champions League at the end of the season. I'm, I'm inclined to agree, although I suppose just from from one particular point of view, I'm pleased to see Allison in goal because I just think he's been absolutely phenomenal this season. And I'll go a little bit further. And I actually think, uh, bearing in mind, i 42. Uh, I think he's the best goalkeeper that I've ever seen play for the club. Uh,
1: and that's because goalkeeper a but, but, is a proper position. Yeah, a, a proper
2: position, yes. I'm just joking about that. I forgot. That. <laughs> um, I was a bit harsh on Man City there, I felt. A bit harsh on Man City. There. What was it? They're boring and... Well, Theo's away,
1: isn't he? So someone has to go
2: into it. Yeah, t- I, think, I think I think this is just like, no, I'm not having this about Man City at all. I think it's more to do with the, the players are in there because Sean's right. They have so many good players. It's like, you don't need a settled front three. I know we've been we've just gone about Liverpool changing those around a bit, but you knew Manny and Salah were always going to be there. But for up front for City, they've just been switching them all around. The ones who've been playing all the time, they've, what, Cancelo, um, De Bruyne and Silva, who play nearly all of the games, they're the players that are in the team. And I'm pretty sure, you know, I know the port was moaning. Diaz should be having a bit of a complaint as well, but Rudik has had a good season, so you know, it's like Rudik. You can't. There, there must have been very little between those and Van Dyke as well, and Van Dyke and Matip as well. So
1: I'd imagine there those is, the, there is that. There is that. a Van Dyke and one of those three, hadn't they? Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, and, and
2: and Edison would have been really close with with Allison because they both had good seasons. So I don't think there's there's that much for City to complain too much about so and also i don't think they're really boring come on they got about 90 no. points to yeah, get 93 points, was it, 93, to win it? points yeah. 93 points yeah. to win it scored about six billion goals it's only boring because you don't want them to win every game and they end up doing it so it's like it's like me doing has gone everybody wants me not to do it but i just keep on doing it because it just makes me laugh so, um, well cool.
3: I'm, gonna, I'm gonna i'm gonna stand by that assessment and until so they do something really exciting like Oh, I was going to say come from 2-0 gone, but forget it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> come on, what do you want to won the league but I need to lose the league? But well, to be honest, as far as I'm concerned, that never happens, because to this day, I still haven't seen any of the goals and I'm refusing and, to watch them. And, 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 they, and they got, and they got locked, knocked out of the
2: Champions League in the most exciting way possible. In fact, Manchester City are the most exciting team in the world. (laughs) Right,
1: let's stop Doyley there. We're going to wrap up here for this edition of the Blood Red podcast. We've had homes, we've had honeymoons, we've had who Liverpool are going to be signing and selling, perhaps, throughout the course of the summer. Plenty we have got through there. Myself, Guy Clark, Sean Bradbury, Rich Garnett and Ian Doyle. Thanks for joining us on this edition of the Blood Red podcast. Until next time, it's bye for now.